Views and opinions expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of their employers. This podcast may not be suitable for children. Adults may find details triggering and or offensive. Listener's discretion is advised. Hi everyone, this is Norma. And this is Priscilla. And you're listening to It's It's the Mystery Mystery for Me. Welcome back to It's the Mystery for Me. Tuesday has come very, very quickly once again. Mm-hmm. And we do have a new case for you. And I am hosting today. And Norma is going to be asking the questions. Yay. Clapping sounds in the background. <laughs> well, you know what? Someone named Dante Her might not be clapping because they said, quote, I have enjoyed every episode Norma has hosted. I enjoy her voice. The other sister, Priscilla, her teeth sound too big for her mouth and it's kind of distracting. What? (laughs) (laughs) Either way, I appreciate you bringing awareness to these cases about black women and children that we would otherwise never know. Well, newsflash of Dante. Norma's teeth are bigger than mine. They are. They've been like this since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. What kind of reviews are these? We are open to constructive criticism. Like, for example, someone wrote that I say a lot of, mm, okay, like when you're talking. Meaning mm. when you're telling the story. Okay. And I really tried last week not to do that. And to be quiet while you were telling it. But it's so natural to me to be like, mm, okay, mm, okay, you know. But again, like, I'm open to constructive criticism, but like, what is this? My teeth are too big for my mouth. My teeth are actually really small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. You might want to turn off today's episode, Dante. But anyways, I just want to say thank you to Norma who graciously took over hosting for the past few weeks because I was going through the IVF process. For people who don't know, that is in vitro fertilization, AKA I was freezing my eggs. Um, And this is something that was completely elective. It was my choice to do so. I learned about it by watching different TikToks and TV shows and stuff like that. And what really opened my mind to it was watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians and seeing Courtney. Kardashian struggle to get pregnant Mm -hmm. with her um, husband, who is definitely the love of her life, right? So she's had three kids, right, before she met him, and she got pregnant very, very easily. So if you watch her show earlier on, I mean, she even pulled the kid out of her vagina. Each time she got, you know, each time she gave birth, like it was nothing. Like she loved being pregnant. And in contrast, Kim would like say she hated it so much, right? So. It was an interesting contrast, but in the newer seasons, you see them struggling and they try to do IVF, but Courtney is now in her early Mm forties. And when the doctor retrieves the egg and tests it, it turns out that it's just not viable. So after I saw that, it kind of scared me. 
it made me want to think about my insurance options. And I say insurance because IVF is not a guarantee. It doesn't mean a live birth will come from my frozen eggs, but it at least gives me a chance. And the younger you are when you freeze your eggs, the better the chances are at a live birth. Mm -hmm. So they were able to retrieve 26 eggs during my procedure and they tested it later on and they ended up freezing 21 of those eggs. So 21 eggs are on ice right now. I felt like I was leaving my kids behind when I left the procedure. So what happened <laughs> to the other five? They So the saw other that it was five um, yeah, they were not viable. They did not reach the mature stage. And the doctor told me that that's completely normal. And he would have actually been a little apprehensive if all 26 were frozen or were like in the mature stage. He said, basically, that would mean that he gave me too much medicine. Mm. Basically, this shows that I was on the correct dose. Um, 21 is a lot of eggs to get. I think the average people are able to get is usually somewhere between 10 and 15. For those who don't know, women produce one egg a month. So I was injecting my body with medication literally several times a day for a period of like two weeks. But the entire process took a month because first I was on birth control to regulate my cycle, blah, blah, blah. You can watch my TikTok for this. I know people are like, what the hell? Get to the true crime stuff. (laughs) I will, I will. But I just want to say to Norma, thanks for that. And yeah, the fact that Courtney is struggling to have a kid and she's with somebody she loves, that made me look into it. My job pays for a majority of it. And um, if they didn't, it would be very, very pricey. Um, it would be about eighteen to $20,000 to do it. And I called my insurance company and I was like, oh, how much am I going to owe? And they're like, uh, I think $800. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. But most jobs don't cover it. And I wish that wasn't the case because I would encourage a lot of people to look into it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll do another round. If I did, the $800 that I pay would cover the second round. So I wouldn't have to pay anything else. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I could do another round. I'm sure Courtney is sitting there and thinking to herself, like, I wish I froze my eggs when I was 30 or when I was 32, Mm -hmm. you know? And now it's just like, it's just been a hard road. So it just made me think about the whole process. And I might not ever have to use the eggs. They are there just in case. And there's that. If y'all have any questions about the process... You guys can definitely send me DMs on my Instagram, Legally Priscilla. All right, so back to true crime related news because I do have news for you guys. So I put Google alerts on a lot of the cases, especially early on. And what do you know? I got a hit for the Bradley sisters. Oh, yes. So three days ago, basically, there was an article that came out on several news sites, like reputable news sites. Okay. Turns out, some girl on TikTok was saying that she is Diamond Bradley. Diamond is the younger sister. Mm -hmm. She would have been three years old at the time of her disappearance in July of 2001. If you're new here, that was the seventh episode we did, in case you want to go back and listen to it. The TikTok video itself was very short. There's a girl like filming her and saying like, oh, you have the same scar as her. But like, she doesn't even show what scar she's talking about. And people in the comments were like, well, damn, we can't even see the scar. Like, why is this video so short, blah, blah, blah. But here is the interesting thing about this. Remember, 
this is not the first time someone has come along and said like, hey, I'm Diamond. It happened in 2019 and we definitely talked about this on the episode when we did it, right? But the difference is this person actually took a DNA test. 12 people in the past have come forward and said, I'm Diamond. So she's the only person who has taken a DNA test. And now they're just waiting for the results. Like the FBI is involved. Apparently they looked at her pictures and said like she looked very similar to the child. And now it's just a waiting game. But it's been a few days and I'm like, come on, how long does it take? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they know and they're not saying anything. But how crazy would that be if it really Mm -hmm. is her? Yeah. They did ask her like, oh, do you remember your sister? And she's like, I remember being in the car with her, but like, that's it. And again, I have no idea about her life or anything like that. I think she Mm -hmm. deleted all her social media or put a lot of it on private because I'm sure she was being, you know, asked a bunch of questions. If someone lied about this, if she lied about this, this would be really, really weird and sick. Because, you know, like the family has been searching for answers for 20 plus years now. Like Mm -hmm. you do not play with shit like this. Mm -hmm. And if you do, like horrible karma is coming to you, (laughs) you know, so... TBD, but what an amazing thing it would be if it really was her. Yeah. So I saw that, wanted to tell you guys about that. And of course, we'll let you guys know about any other updates. But yeah, feel free to Google it. It'll pop right up. And now I'm going to turn to today's episodes. But first, of course, we'll talk about the sources. I watched an episode of a Dateline show. I know I said a Dateline show because... Technically, Dateline has two shows. There's regular Dateline, and then there's Dateline Last Day. I watched The Last Day. Um, I also read articles from the LA Times, The Inquisitor, and Cinemaholic. And there is a TV One episode about this case, too, but I was not able to access it on my phone. Like, I don't know what it is. No, the TV One app, I've gone through, like, Reddit, and people are like, there's an issue with their actual okay. app. Okay, because I tried so many different things. And I was really annoyed that I couldn't see the episode because you guys know I mm-hmm. like to compare the information. Yeah. Um, But it was from like a very early season, like season five, and I could not get access to it. I looked for it on so many different platforms, including like Amazon. I was willing to pay for it. Yeah. Could not find it. Huh. Could not find it anywhere. I mean, there's just issues with their app in, in general, whether it's well, an old episode or They need new. to fix it. They need to fix How it. How I watch it, like, um, it's very weird. It, sometimes it's just, like, loaded on, like, the website page, not even through the app. That's how I've watched episodes that I do, or I find the episode on YouTube. No, could not find it on YouTube. Would not work on my laptop. It was just blank. It, it actually said that there were no episodes available for the show for Fatal Attraction. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> I was so confused. But anyways, all of that to say, for more of today's sources, you can go ahead and check out our website, isthemysteryforme.com, or click the link in today's show notes. This episode takes us to June 2010 in Palmdale, California. This is the Linnell Barsock case. Linnell Barsock was born on July 27th of 1980. She was known to be very studious, so her family wasn't surprised when she went into nursing. She was a vocational nurse, which is actually also known as an LPN. It's just that in California, it's known as LVN. Hmm. Interesting, I did not know that until I had to Google um, for today's case. 
LPNs or LVNs, they work under the supervision of RNs and they are like the level above a CNA, a certified nursing assistant. It seems like she had plans to become a registered nurse, but the show does not really talk too much about that. Linnell was definitely a hard worker, and like me, she liked nice things. I know people are going to be pissed about that one, <laughs> but she had a BMW. Yeah. You know I always like nice things, too. I mean, okay. yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> she was out here styling, profiling. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love that. But unlike me, apparently, according to reviews, she was incredibly kind and giving. <laughs> it's funny because I don't think you ever hear us say the opposite about people we talk about on here though we all know we are human one of her classmates marcel spoke about these particular traits on the show and he by the way is from africa and started at the college she was at and she let him borrow textbooks and helped him with assignments it's not clear what he was studying though eventually she met her boyfriend louis and i think this is kind of a first but they don't say how long they were dating for, and I could not find it online either. And they didn't say when she went to school, so I couldn't really put a timeline together, but I'm gonna do my best. Mm. I'm gonna do my best. Just wanna tell y'all that. Anyways, Louis and Linnell met when he had only been in the US for about a year. He was from Haiti. Linnell, by the way, um, even though she's has all these friends from different backgrounds, like Marcel's from Africa. Um, and they're like, just like, just coming here too. And then her boyfriend, Louis, is from Haiti. She was American. So she meets her boyfriend when he is sitting at a bus stop on the school's campus or right outside of it. And he was there taking ESL classes and she just offered him a ride home. And they were like inseparable after that. Louis eventually becomes a maintenance worker and Linnell soon started to work at a local hospital. They were in love. They were smitten for each other for sure. And eventually they ended up buying their home together in Palmdale. It was fairly big, like 3,000 plus square feet. And of course they moved in together. The show is focused around June 2010 and they did say that they purchased the house a little less than a year before June 2010. So that tells me, okay, maybe nine months before, right? Maybe they had purchased the house nine months before, but then I started thinking, okay, maybe they were together maybe like two years or something. I don't think they would just meet and buy a house together. You never know. People do things differently. Yeah, I guess, I guess. But I would like to think that they were dating for, like, probably at least two years. TBD. They were also still in the process of, like, buying furniture. So they were, like, slowly furnishing the house as they went along. Soon, though, the honeymoon stage ends. I guess it doesn't last forever for a lot of people. Or it ends when you move in together. I feel like that is something that could end a lot of relationships. I wouldn't know. Oh, right. You've never lived with a guy. Yeah. Or with someone you're dating. I have. At 22, I lived with my college boyfriend. And it was a disaster. If he's listening to this, it's like, it's not, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Nothing towards you. You feel me? But in the sense that, like, I wasn't ready. And when you move in together, even though I thought I was ready, of course, right? Like, I thought I was grown. 
But when you move in together and then have to figure out chores and all that stuff and like you're seeing each other all the time, it just ups the ante in the relationship. It really does. Mm. So it's like you got to worry about what they're eating. What are you having for dinner? You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just, I can't come home and eat in your face. Like, nah, I have to like bring you food. We have to coordinate. It was just a lot, a lot for a 22 year old to handle. Um, That being said, Linnell was 29 years old at this point. We're going to just fast forward a little bit to like 2010. She's 29 years old. I do not know how old Louis is. I'm assuming he's like early 30s though, just by how he looks. And he is black, so I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Black people be basically catfishing us. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They look 30, but they could be 50. Right. So, but I do think he was like early 30s. Was there a reenactment on the show? Is that what you're going based off of? Um, They show his face. Oh. Several times. So okay. that's what I'm going based off of. Anyways, so I guess even at 29, moving in together might also still be a lot. Things started to change. And she started to tell Marcel about it in particular and you know confided in him all of that she said basically that louis wasn't really reaching his ambition he was okay with working as a maintenance worker and it seems like she wanted him to aspire to do more to be more mm-hmm. um especially because it was within his capabilities to do so so she even said to marcel that her and louis were not having sex anymore And I mean, when you reach that point, that's not good. Mm -hmm. That's definitely not good. Louis was known to be very jealous though. Sometimes he would go through her phone and he would pretend to be her and text other people as if he was her to see what they would say. That's a little much. Right, super conniving. He would also like show up to places like her job, looking for her, call her job to see if she's working. That part sounds like dad. It does. With mom. Oh my gosh. And they're divorced. Yeah. Scary. Very scary. Um, You know, we stay out of it though. Yeah. Um, At this this point, we stay out of it. Um, Do we need to do an episode on them? Like their (laughs) troubles? Maybe. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But anyways, uh, Louie was just on some other stuff, clearly. In April of 2010, Linnell tried to break up with Louie. And guess what happened when she did? Guess what happened when she did? Yeah. He wasn't having it. Right. He basically stayed his ground. He said, I'm not leaving. Well, not exactly. He chased her in his car and tried to run her off the road. What? Yes. He sounds a little bit unhinged. Right. Their relationship was wild. Okay, her mom mentioned this to like detectives and stuff. They had separate cars? Yes. And he was chasing her like in his car. Yes, chasing her Beamer. Yeah. Yes. He even ended up scratching it from his reckless driving. Like he was determined to run. That is so scary. Yes. Wow. Also in the same month in April 2010, police show up for a domestic disturbance call. Nothing actually comes from it because nothing physical happened, which I took to mean that maybe nothing physical could be proven. 
Um, Mm -hmm. Or I guess that's just one way to see it. Mm -hmm. So why were they fighting? Well, Louis had found out something about Linnell that wasn't sitting right with him. He found out that Linnell had another man. My man, my man, my man. Mm -hmm. Who's this man? Let's talk about this man. His name is Ike. Ike and Linnell met on a site and they said it was something like fling.com or something. I don't know. Don't go on the site in case it like gives your computer a virus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is a nurse in Sacramento, California, and he would come to visit very often. And listen, he had to have been enamored because that is Sacramento is about five to six hours, like closer to six hours from Palmdale, California. And he was coming to visit her whenever Louis wasn't around. Again, Louis lives with her, right? Like they live together. Right. Huh. Mm-hmm. So Louis overheard them on the phone one night and he started screaming at her. Ike was so alarmed by it that he called 911 all the way from Sacramento. And it was also for a domestic disturbance. However, the show doesn't really say if it was the same domestic disturbance call from April or if this was like an earlier call. Mm, okay, I see. But what we do know is they're beefing over Ike. Are they in a relationship at this point? Like they're like- yes. They live together. Her and Louie? Yeah. Yeah, like, they live together in the I, house and everything. I'm just wondering, because, like, yeah. didn't she try to break up with him? Like, I don't yes. know what the arrangement yes. is at this point. She tried to break up with him. And he was not having it. Yeah. So I, I, was... know the, I know the timeline's a little funky, because mm-hmm. on this show, they literally were like, in the same month of the domestic disturbance call, she tries to break up with Louie. So I don't know if it was before this domestic disturbance call. And I don't even know if this is the same domestic disturbance call. Okay. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were not very clear with the timeline. However, this was all happening in spring of 2010 is what I could assess from the show. So they were definitely on the rocks. But apparently, Linnell and Louie agreed to try and make it work. Did I say what Ike did for a living? Didn't you say he was also a nurse? Yes. Okay, Okay. perfect. Just wanted to make sure. So they had a lot, you know, they had that in common and everything. Um, But of course, Louis was very upset. And so she was like, all right, like, let's try to make it work. Now, let's talk about June 2010. All right. So on Tuesday, June 15th, Louis and Linnell are beefing. He found a cell phone that Ike gave to Linnell and he was very pissed. He thought that they were working it out together, meaning him and Linnell, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But here comes Ike. He's still in the picture. So he's just yelling at her and stuff like this. And she's telling friends and family about this. Like even before this particular fight, she was telling her mom, she was telling friends like, listen, Louis, he has a temper. Mm-hmm. And we've been arguing a lot about a lot of different things. Okay. Um, I know for sure her friend Lorraine knew about Ike, but I don't know if her family knew about Ike, but they knew again what was happening in terms of like the arguments. Like her mom was the one who told detectives that Louie tried to run her off the road. 
I'm pretty sure I said that mm. earlier on. But yeah, so they, they had an idea of what kind of environment Linnell was living in. So Linnell just says to Louis, okay, I'm going to turn off the phone and I'm not going to use it anymore. All right. Like that's the end of it. Blah, blah, blah. Now it's Wednesday, June 16th, 2010. Okay. At 10 a.m., her friend Lorraine is over doing her hair. And when Lorraine is interviewed by cops, she says that they've known each other for years since high school and that they hang out all the time. So she was there doing her hair. She was getting a sew-in. Mm. All right. Linnell loved her sew-ins, okay? The show said that she was, like, that Lorraine was weaving her hair. And and that told me everything I needed to know. They don't have black producers. Because who says weaving her hair? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she getting a sew-in. You know what I'm saying? That's what's happening. So, Louie and Linnell, though, are arguing in front of Lorraine. And Lorraine's kind of just like... Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? They're arguing about Ike and just other things that the show doesn't get into. But eventually Louis leaves at around 10.30 a.m. He was actually gonna go to Lorraine's boyfriend who lives about an hour and a half away to get his trunk fixed. Okay, so he makes the drive, but like, Around the hour mark or like a half hour mark, he realizes that like Linnell actually never turned off the phone like she promised she would do the night before. And how does he know that? Because he has the phone with him, y'all. He took the phone with him. So now he's pissed. I don't know if it rang or something to let him know that she didn't turn it off, but he turns around, he goes back to the house. And so he gets to the house and they start arguing again. And she takes the phone and she leaves with Lorraine. And they decide to go to a beauty supply store. By this time, it's noon. And the beauty supply store catches her on camera and stuff like that. She eventually returns home after she grabs food. But before returning home, sorry, we're back at the beauty supply store. Louis shows up to the store. He's yelling. He's screaming. And Lorraine is just like standing there again like, what is going on? And Linnell's like, you know what? Here, just take the phone. And as soon as she gave it to him, he was chill. He was like, all right, thank you for the phone. And so they go and eat, the two friends. And then they go back to the house. And Lorraine says when they get back at 1230 that he's back there. And they start arguing again. Okay. So at this point, Lorraine is like, all right, so I'm going to see myself out. I'm going to go to the park or something. Y'all figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'll be back to finish your hair. Which, I mean, I feel like a lot of people could feel differently about this, right? Like, you see your friend in this type of argument or whatever, and you leave instead of, like, trying to call for help. But other people will see it as, listen, it's none of my business, so I'm going to see myself out of this situation. And she's a grown person. She can Mm -hmm. take care of herself. Mm -hmm. So at around 6.30 p.m., Lorraine comes back to the house finally and she goes into the garage. It's open and she slips and she looks down and Linnell is laying there motionless with a bag over her head and a pool of blood next to her. And so Lorraine is like immediately running into the house because she's like, I need to like get help or something. And she's like about to run up the stairs. I guess the garage, the way it works is like you walk through the door and there's like stairs immediately. Mm -hmm. But 
she says Louis was standing at the top of the stairs. And like he comes down, he tries to grab her leg. And she runs, she runs, and she just gets in her car and she drives away. And she drives straight to the police station because she can't find her phone. So she gets there and she's frantic and she tells them what she saw. And they're like, who was there? Like, who's the one that grabbed your leg? And she's like, it's Louie, like, I am sure. So they head to the house. So police are dispatched at around 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m.-ish. And I'm sure they were dispatched before that, but like the show just gives like these random times and I'm just telling y'all what they said. Mm -hmm. So anyways, police are dispatched and they find Linnell in the garage and she is pronounced dead at the scene. And they put up crime scene tape and they call detectives. I have a question. Maybe you said it before, but um, how long was it between like Lorraine leaving the house and her coming back to the house? Had been a few hours, like oh really, like five hours. Yeah, she left at around one thirty and came back at around six, six thirty. Oh, I don't know why I thought like she was going for like maybe a half hour, an hour, yeah. and then coming back. She was Whoa. like, "I'm gonna come back later. Like I don't have time for this." Hmm. Yeah. So homicide detectives arrive at the scene and. Even though there's not a lot of furniture because they were still trying to like get the furniture for the house, they notice in the living room, which is carpeted by the way, it looks like a rug is missing. Like there's a clear indent on the carpet. And there's also bloody towels in the laundry room. There's blood on the floor of the laundry room as well, but it is smeared. So the detective immediately thinks, okay, someone was trying to clean this up if it's smeared. The car was in the house, like her BMW was, and it was backed up to the door. So it basically, if you got in the car, you would just be able to drive straight out of the right. garage, okay? okay? It was parked backwards. So the trunk was open and a spare wheel was under it. It was almost acting like a ramp. There was just like a lot going on at that scene. She was still laying there when they got there because it's a crime scene and they need to like, you know, see certain things before they can move her. She had a bag over her head and the detective said that this could mean a bunch of things, but usually it's like, you don't want this person watching you even though they are dead. Mm. It's personal. Or like the wound she had sustained was actually to her head. And it seems like the person was putting a bag over her head also to like keep the blood contained. But at that point in time, they did not know what had killed her. And shortly thereafter, they find out that she had been shot in the back of the head. And that's what had killed her. So was she shot like after the bag was placed over her head or was that something done afterwards? It was done afterwards. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That almost doesn't even make sense to me. I think what the detective said made sense. Like, you might cover someone's face if you don't want to see them, like, looking at you. I mean, their eyes are open. Yeah, but I would think people would do that prior to... I've heard of murders where, like, they place a bag over the victim's head and then shoots them. No. Wow. No. That's different was placed afterwards, yep. 
There's a ton of more evidence. Like they find the missing rug in the back of the car. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, like it has a bloody footprint on it. They spray the carpet upstairs and it lights up with blood. And it's everywhere. Family room upstairs in the living room. Hallway, garage, it's just like smeared across the floor. And they found a pillow in the trunk that had a bullet hole in it. So it was clear that the pillow was put up against her head and then someone shot through the pillow. Okay. To either contain the sound or something. At this point, detectives are just like, all right, we need to round up all the damn suspects. They have Lorraine there. She is distraught. She tells them about Ike. So they had no idea about Ike before this. The other person of interest, of course, is Louis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they look into Ike. Could he have done this? Could he have been jealous that, you know, she's trying to make things work with Louis? Mm-hmm. It turns out that he actually sent a text message to Linnell's mom that day at 7.27 p.m. And they hadn't determined time of death just yet, but when Lorraine gets there at 6.30, she's already Mm -hmm. dead. Okay. Okay, so mind you, he sends a text at 7.30 p.m. And the text message says, Ma'am, this is Ike. Linnell called me today, dot, dot, dot. She sounded really scared and worried, like she was afraid Louie might do something. Please, I need you to watch her even if she does not want to be with me. But please help her stay safe. Isn't that... Hmm. And he texted that at 7.30? Yeah, 7.30 p.m. That's a little odd. I mean, it could be just, like, ironic, but I don't know. Is he just trying to cover his, his steps? Well, Is TBD. He involved? We'll, come, we'll circle back to that one. They do bring in Louie. And they talk to him about his whereabouts that day. First of all, they don't even tell him that Linnell was dead. But they found him at Linnell's mother's house, actually, which is quite a distance from their house. I think it's also like about an hour away. So he was there and he actually was like going to sleep there or something. So they actually pull up there and tell him to come with them. And the detective apparently gave the mom the news over the phone while he was there. And like, she was of course distraught. The mom and Linnell's brother who was there said, listen, not for nothing. We saw him on the computer earlier and he was looking up like, he was on Bank of America trying to transfer money. And he was looking up plane tickets. So the detectives are like, all right, heard you and they take him to the station now at the station they have the footage and stuff and they're just like talking to him regularly they Wait, ask I actually him do have a question okay. sorry yeah but okay so he was at her mom's Linnell's mom's house yeah without Linnell and they didn't think that was weird they didn't ask like where is she no did they think she was at work like I'm just I, wondering like the... yeah I think they thought she was at home or hanging out with Lorraine or something. They didn't think anything of it. It seemed to me like they were very close with him. So Mm. it wasn't out of the ordinary for him to just come over and hang out without her being there. Okay. I know for a lot of people just generally, 
like in real life, it is, some people find that strange, but like I would do that. And I had boyfriends who did that, who would come here and hang yeah. out with you guys and I wasn't here. Right? Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. I just, I'm It's still, trying. it is, it is, you have to be very, very close knit with significant others for that to happen. I yeah. feel like more often than not, it probably doesn't really happen, but I'd prefer for it to be that way. I don't have to always be around for you to come around my family. So I think that's how she kind of approached it. Mm. Or was he up to something more sinister? Mm-hmm. Let's let's see. So they ask him straight up, like, how is your relationship with Linnell? And he says, quote, she's okay with me. End quote. Like, we're okay with each other. And he has an accent. It's like, you know, he's speaking in broken English or whatever, but I understand him clearly. So, yeah. He had a scratch on his face and he told them, listen, Linnell did it because she saw me on Facebook messenger and he, and and she thought I was cheating. And they're like, interesting because we heard like Linnell was cheating and they asked him about Ike. And he says like, I don't know anything about an Ike and police confront him about it. And he's like, please, like we know that you've been arguing about Ike. Mm Mm-hmm. So even Ike has said also at this point, they talk to Ike and Ike is like, listen, I called the cops one time because I heard him yelling at her after he like realized that she was talking to me on the phone. So they're like, why are you lying about this? Like, you just look guilty, bro. Mm -hmm. They also say they also show him a letter that Linnell writes and it's almost like a it's a breakup letter. And it's very detailed and stuff. It's like, let me see. Oh, yeah, I took a picture of it. This is what it says. Dear Louie, I'm leaving you for Ike. He makes more money so you can do whatever you want to do with this house. I'm moving out of state with Ike. So that's why I gave you that phone. We're getting married. So just leave me alone. You could have everything in the house. I have been sleeping with him for four months now. And he's the one that pays my car note. So good luck in life. Goodbye, Linnell. Well, damn. So they're like, so you didn't see that letter? He's like, I have not seen that letter. And they're like, well, I mean, if I read that letter and someone was saying that to me on top of breaking up with me, talking about like this person has more money and I'm marrying them, Mm -hmm. I would go into a rage. And he's like, no, like I, I really never saw this letter. Like this is the first time I'm hearing about it. And then they tell him like, listen, someone shot Linnell. And he starts crying, like boohoo crying. Just saying, Hmm. why did they do that to her? I need you to find the person. Please, I beg you. And he is crying. By the way, he does not have a lawyer. Mm -mm. He's crying, like literally in tears. Like, who could do this to her? And they're like, what do you mean who could do this to her? You did this to her. And they charge him with murder. And um, at this point, though, they don't have evidence. Like... Yes, they haven't processed everything from the house, so it's like eh, mm-hmm. the evidence is up in the air. His now, friend is. I ha- sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have another question. Go ahead. About the letter, um, were they able to determine that it was actually in Linnell's handwriting? Yes, and that well, that comes up in a little bit, but okay. y- yeah, pretty much. Okay. So his friend is shocked when he hears that, like Louis 
has been arrested. He's like, he could not hurt a fly. Ain't no way Louis did this. But Marcel was like, "Uh uh-uh, he did this. He did that shit. If they said he did it, he did it. Because Marcel was thinking about all the times like that Linnell confided in him, right? Saying Mm -hmm. like, listen, this relationship is not good. Like we fight all the time. Like, you know, this and that about like me dating this person or just generally. Like he just knew that this relationship was like a very tumultuous one. And her family based on what they knew and i mean they saw stuff on the computer they felt like he did it too but he swears he has an alibi but before we talk about his alibi let's go back to ike because they need to know from ike if he has an alibi and he says i do have an alibi and his alibi is that he was at an interview in sacramento and it was at a very reputable hospital i want to say it's uc davis like ucla or something like that so they call them up and they, they say, yeah, no, he was here that day. Like he was here doing that interview. And remember, it's about six hours away. And so they did look into stuff like that in flight time and they were just like, he's, he's not our guy. Mm. Okay, so Louis, back to him. He tells them from jail, I need y'all to look into this because I know I did not kill my girlfriend. I swear I didn't do it. Y'all need to check the cameras because I wasn't even in the area. So they're like, all right, fine. We're going to check the cameras. And they do check the cameras um, at the location he said he was at. And he was about an hour and a half away. And detectives say that that's on a good day. It's an hour and a half away. Like with LA traffic, it could be longer. And they get surveillance from like one particular store and that's at 250 showing him at the store. They're like, all right, like, and whatever. And at 4.50 PM, he's at a different store, AutoZone. And he's just like looking for stuff, buying stuff. And then at 5.30 PM, he's back at the first store. Again, like buying stuff on camera. So at this point they're like, wait a a damn minute. Wait a damn minute. They were like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. We need to get like a warrant for your phone because maybe you weren't in the area, but you probably hired somebody to do this. Mm. I mean, she was cheating on you, right? And she said she was going to break it off and she never did. Or it looks like she did not break it off. So yeah, we finna check your phone. So... They're checking his phone and they're also at the same time hearing about other evidence coming in, like a thumbprint on this like glass structure, like this plastic bin. It almost looks like um something you would pour water out of. I don't know. The hell are you trying to describe? Like something you would pour, not like a, not something to water plants, but it's literally like a, what's that thing you put juice in and like you, a pitcher. Oh, I like did not think. I'm sorry. I was trying to find the word. I'm bad at charades, y'all. You know, I would lose that game. I'm like, it's the thing. The thing is fine. Yesterday, I called a baby rattle, baby maraca, and everyone laughed. A baby maraca? Yeah. I mean, hey, sounds sounds about right. So they send the thumbprint and stuff to the lab also to run. And now they, they've gotten the warrant back from his phone. But again, he's in jail, y'all. Like, he has not been let out. He did not pass go, like, whatever. He's still in jail. 
and warrants for phones take a long time, especially back in 2010. So it took about like a week or two and they get it back and they see that on that day at 2.30 p.m., Linnell called him from the landline and they didn't say what they talked about, but that was the most they had when they looked at where his phone was pinging off of. When she called him, it was pinging off of like that area. I mean, he was on camera though, but it was pinging off that area and it just showed like when he left the house and when he would get calls where it was pinging from. The timeline is actually a little bit different and he actually left the house at like 12.30 p.m. He's like, no, I left at 12.30. I hit the road at 12.30. After like we went to the beauty supply store and we talked, I left and I hit the road. And the cell phone tower showed that, that it was Mm. going in the direction of Lorraine's boyfriend's house. So they have to release him from jail. The evidence is just not mathing. You know what I'm saying? The math is not mathing here. And they can't find anything that shows him like possibly hiring someone. So they're like, we got to let him out. Wow. Yes. So they went to the jail to wait for him as he's being processed out. And when he comes out, they're like thinking he's going to be angry. And he actually hugged them and said, thank you for doing research. Because in my country of Haiti, we would have been in jail like forever. You know what I'm saying? It's not fair there. He's like here, like basically this is why I came to America. I said, oh, if you only knew. You one of the lucky ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's Khalif Browder, right? And mm-hmm. he was sitting up in jail for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. In Rikers. So without having a trial, without yeah. having anything, like yeah. he was just sitting there and they barely had any evidence on him, if that. So I was like, oh, if you only knew. So I was thinking to myself, though, like he should have sued them at this point. I mean... You sent in jail for a month. He was there for a month. Lost out on wages, lost out on yeah. this or that. I'm like, uh, I would have been suing them, not but hugging them. I feel like they could argue that it just took time to get the evidence and that was like beyond their I control. I mean, yeah, and they're like, uh, we're not really completely sure, but we, I guess, you know. But anyways, um, He probably shouldn't have thanked them because they placed a tracking device on his truck so that they could see where he went after he got out. Uh, (laughs) Police, police work. The detectives kind of were back at square one. The detective was thinking of something odd that had happened on like June 17th. Lorraine was at the police station and Bobby, who is Linnell's mom, came in and Lorraine gave her a hug and just said, I'm so sorry for what happened to your daughter. And the detective like was talking to the mom afterwards and the mom's like, who is that? And he's like, that's her friend from high school. Like they've been friends for 10 years. And she's like, I don't know that girl. What are you talking about? Like, this is definitely not one of her lifelong friends. I know her friends from high school. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. So now that he, you know, now that Louis kind of off the hook, he's like, that was kind of strange. And then he starts thinking some more and he's like, well, when I looked in her purse, she had two bullets in there and she didn't own a gun. Or at least she said she didn't. And so he ran her name and nothing came up. But then 
when he's thinking about this all again, like he's like, let me just run it again. Like maybe I typed it wrong, I don't know. And it comes up that she purchased a nine millimeter gun in February of 2010, so about four months ago. Yeah, so at this point they're just like, that's weird because the autopsy comes back and it says that a nine millimeter bullet killed Linnell. So they're just like, well, what the heck? Like how, we can't make the connection. And some time had gone by and stuff and things are still being tested at the lab. He also says at this point that they also discovered something else in evidence that like, I don't know if they looked over prior, but there was like gloves that had blood in them. So they also ran that because it was clear someone had put on gloves or something Mm -hmm. and maybe their DNA would be on it. The detectives decide to look a little bit more into Lorraine and hold on to your seats. They realized that she only knew Linnell for a few weeks, like six weeks. They had met on Craigslist in May of 2010 and Linnell had an ad out. Well, back in the day, Craigslist used to have like a romance section and you could post ads like looking for people. I know because I did it. And I went on a horrible date. I would not recommend it. This guy was like weird. And when I said that I wasn't interested in a second date, he like sent me like really angry emails. This was years ago. Yeah, so I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think you could do it anymore. Linnell had put up an ad that was in the woman looking for women section. Yeah, so she was looking for somebody to hook up with. And she meets Lorraine through Craigslist this way. And they were having a great old time, a great old time. Um, And I'm watching the episode and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm like, wow, Linnell is gorgeous, okay? And then I look at Lorraine and I'm just like, hmm, just not giving what I thought it was gonna give, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I was just Mm -hmm. like, okay, must be what's on the inside this time around. I don't know. Her personality. Personality. You know, you know what? Personality is very important. I gotta say. But, um, yeah. So then they look into Linnell's cell phone records and it turns out that she sent a text to Lorraine about five days before her murder. And in the text message, she said to Lorraine that she wanted to break up, that she didn't want to continue seeing her. I have the text messages. Let me read it. This was sent on June 11th. And Linnell says, quote, I am getting quite serious with my boyfriend and I don't want anything sexual with you anymore. I enjoy your friendship and will like to keep it that way. End quote. And then Lorraine responded, I understand. I just seeking friendship as well. Yeah, she said, I just, not I am just. But that was it. Police were Mm -hmm. like, all right, like, okay, they broke up, but whatever. She was still at her house, so Mm -hmm. it seemed like they were fine and the text didn't really, like, show anything. So, again, they felt like, okay, what path are we going down? Eventually, though, the evidence comes back and the bloody footprint and stuff, all these things are a match for you will not even believe it. Lorraine? No. What? I'm kidding. Lorraine. Lorraine. It was a match for Lorraine. So my thing is like, did she lie about leaving the house because Louie was there and having an argument with Linnell? Like, 
so that never happened. Let's talk about what really happened and what didn't happen. So all of that was true up until about the 1230 mark with the beauty supply store. Mm -hmm. Okay. Louis actually had gone to Lorraine's boyfriend, right? To like get his car fixed. Okay. So he actually didn't go back to the house. So it's not like she actually had to leave because they were arguing still. Like they were not arguing. The detectives also checked the weather that day and it was 90 something degrees outside. And she said she sat in the park. And if she left the house at 1.30 and sat in the park, like, why would you do that? You have a car. And she had said to them also that she walked to the park, but it's a 1.3 mile walk. But again, she has a car. So right. it's like kind of strange. That's very weird. Um, mm-hmm. But they're just like, right there, that's just not making sense. Because they asked her, what were you doing at the park all day? And she's like, I was just watching kids play. And they were like, okay, that's kind of strange. Because apparently is... she didn't have kids. So it was like, okay. So detectives started to piece things together. And yes, Linnell had called Louie at around 2.30. And then Linnell's mom, Bobby, tried to call her right before 4 p.m. And Linnell was not answering the phone. So Hmm. they think that she was likely killed around that time. Now, the pillow in the trunk was likely used to shoot her as she was doing her hair right like so she's pretending to do her hair and then she just shoots her in the back of the head and kills her. wow yes so now the blood pattern makes sense like from the living room to like the hallway to the stairs to the garage she was killed upstairs and then lorraine was trying to bring her body downstairs but lorraine got a phone call from her boyfriend, basically saying that Louis was on his way home. Now, the show doesn't go into context as to if the boyfriend even knew what she was doing or if he was just doing, like, telling mm-hmm. her because she's like, oh, let me know, whatever, because I got to finish her hair, whatever. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't talk about her boyfriend. I was just confused on many levels, but mm-hmm. nothing is said about that. So the police think that at that point she was like, damn, he's going to get home and I'm not going to be able to clean up. Like, I thought he was going to be there for much longer. So instead, she starts to, like, do other things to make it so that when Louis walks in, like, it'll look like he did it. So her original plan was going to be to bring Linnell's body to the desert and bury her in the desert and stuff. And Linnell was, she. I guess she didn't realize how heavy dead weight could be. So it's like she's trying to like move her, but she can't really move her. And now she mm-hmm. knows Louie's on his way home. And she's like, how am I supposed to clean up? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then so she just like, she made it all the way down to the garage with her. And then she just like left her there, which is insane. Turns out that Lorraine wrote the letter. And a handwriting expert huh. ends up proving that at trial. But sorry, let me rewind. So the, the detectives are convinced that Lorraine did it, right? Like the DNA comes back and they're like, okay, we got her. Lorraine already knew that they let Louis go. So she actually went on the run and she was literally missing for, I don't even know how long. And then they put the case on an episode of America's Most Wanted. This was back in December, 2011. So it had been about a year and a half since the murder. And 
they ended up finding her in January 2012. Someone recognized her in Belize. Oh, what? yes, yes. And they didn't talk about how she got there. They didn't say if she bought plane tickets because I honestly was very curious. I said, does she take a what? boat somewhere? Like, yeah. does she have someone to help her? Like, I was so confused. She was in Belize. So they were then able to bring her back. And trial itself did not happen until like 2015. Yeah. So I feel like this was like, I don't know if anyone was expecting that I kind of twist. but was not. Yeah. So it gets kind of weirder. Um, well, it turns out that Lorraine was also like just dating other women on the side. And she had been pretending to be Linnell. And she was going by Linnell's middle name, which is Crystal. So she would tell people on dates, like, my name's Crystal. I drive a BMW. I actually just bought it. One girl says she showed up to the date in the BMW, which is interesting because, again, her and Linnell only knew each other for, like, six weeks. Right. So I'm like, huh? Like, she trusted her enough to drive her car i was really i don't know i'm like or did she just take the car when linnell's at work or like did she make a spare key i don't know but one of the girlfriends like had found out by seeing it on the news and left a comment on facebook like on the article on facebook and said wow i could have very well been the next victim i was dating her at the same time and she drove the victim's car to my home a month prior to the murder i'm so lucky justice should prevail wow yeah it was clear that lorraine wanted to have linnell's life okay like lorraine had been out of a job for two plus years she was living with her mom like didn't seem to have much savings and stuff like that they didn't talk about how old she was though at the time of trial which was like in 2015 she was already 31 years old so five years prior she was like 26 so she's like three years younger than linnell um but she just let jealousy get to her get the best of her and she ended up killing linnell herself and the crazy thing is luby could have absolutely gotten framed for this if he had come home mm -hmm. but he had actually decided not to go home for some reason and was like let me just stop at linnell's mom's house and like just kick it with the family if he had not decided to do that, he would have been implicated oh, yeah. in this. His DNA would have been all over, right? Like, and he would have probably been saying like, well, I was trying to wake her up or shake her. And they would be like, no, like there's so many like things lining up. And then mm -hmm. like Lorraine saying that he's at the house and she saw him like, how dare you? Like you tried to frame somebody else and you were this close to getting away with it. If it wasn't for that stupid dog, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like- Wow, like, of course, the forensic evidence came back and pointed to Lorraine. So he would have had that at least in his favor, um, especially like the bloody print. You can't really explain that away. You can't explain away the gloves and like the bloody gloves and your DNA being in them. Yeah. Um, so he would have eventually gotten off the hook. But let's say those things didn't exist. Mm hmm he would have been in so much trouble. Like he yep. would have been in prison for real. Um, so it was crazy to me to see like all these things happening and, and the pattern being there and him being like very extremely jealous and him not actually being the one to kill her. Right. He's like, I would just never do that. I was upset, but I love her and I just would never hurt her in that way. And it shocked 
detectives because they were sure Louis was their guy. I don't think we've really ever had a case like this. No, I don't think so. Where it's like the boyfriend is abusive and the signs are there, domestic violence, and then it's this random person that ends up being the murderer. I don't think... Exactly. And I don't think Linnell knew it was coming. Like, based off of the text messages that they showed, it's like, again, Lorraine played it like it was totally cool. Like, okay, we'll still be friends and stuff, Mm -hmm. but look at that. And also, Ike texting at that time at 730 p.m. had no idea that she was dead. He must have had a feeling. He had a feeling, for sure. And it's crazy how that works. Like, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Like, he texted her saying, I'm afraid for her. But again, he was afraid because of Louie. So see how if there was no real evidence, Louie would have gone to prison. So imagine people who are in prison for this exact reason. Like, that is insane. Her defense team's strategy was to say that Louie did it, basically. Or like, basically, she ain't do it. But the jury was not falling for it, especially Mm -hmm. when they showed them all the forensic evidence and stuff like that. And it was clear, like, the rug that was in the car was the one that was missing, and the bloody footprint was also hers. They were just like, okay, like... It was you. It's you, (laughs) bro. Like, come on. And so she was found guilty and sentenced to 50 years to life in prison, and she will be eligible for parole in 2032. But 50 years to life means they really could keep her forever. They don't have to let her out Mm -hmm. at a certain time. Um, And I I personally think they should definitely keep her in. Of course, she tried to appeal the case. And she tried to say that, you know, the jury was not one that was composed of her peers, meaning demographically or ethnicity wise, Mm -hmm. race wise, she felt like it was not in her favor. But the jury was like, I mean, there were five white people, six Hispanic, one black person. She's black. Linnell's black. So... She wanted to, she basically was like, I feel like more black people should be on it. But the court just didn't find her argument convincing. They didn't think that the prosecutor showed any type of racial bias or anything like that. Listen, I do think the makeup of the jury could have been a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's what it is. And like this type of stuff is very, very hard to prove. It's very subjective, honestly. It's just all about perception. Everyone perceives things differently. So Mm -hmm. she could perceive it as like they're being racist and they could perceive it as, well, we don't want too many, like we just made it this way because you guys are both black and like they might sympathize with you, but it's not racially tied to that. So, and we didn't really base it on race. I don't know. It it gets very, very complicated. But basically the court was like, nah, we're not turning over the case and again it's like why there's evidence there's literally physical evidence tying you to the scene Mm -hmm. what is a new trial gonna get you ain't nobody gonna give you less time Uh uh-uh so you could just sit up in there and think about it think about it think about what you did um for those who are wondering uh louis is now married and has a child and he was interviewed on the show and he was just saying how crazy that time was in his life and Listen, I still think Louis should sue. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? The only thing is, like, the cops could say they had, you know, a reason for bringing him in. And, Mm -hmm. like, with all, you know, there was reported incidents of violence and stuff Mm -hmm. and stuff that they heard from her mom and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. Did they jump the gun? Did they not? If he got a good enough lawyer, he might be able to prove something. But 
again, he was just very grateful when they got him out of there. He just said, thank you so much for doing your research. Mm -hmm. Because you could have just thrown away the key, but you guys really did your research. But again, if the physical evidence wasn't there, would they have gone that hard with said research? You know what I'm saying? The physical evidence was there, so they were going to have to tie it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If it wasn't there, would they be as, like, I don't know, as helpful you gotta wonder you gotta wonder and one last tidbit is that marcel actually named his daughter after linnell yeah yeah he just said that she was just such a nice friend and he told a story about how one day they went to the store and she said i'm getting louis stuff for his birthday like a sneaker store and stuff and um she asked him what's your size and he told her and she bought him three pairs of sneakers as a birthday gift and he's like i never had anybody do that for me we were just such good friends and like definitely like he never said that there was anything more there okay Mm -hmm. definitely platonic friendship but he just really appreciated it because again he's from a different country he's new here and she just really like cared about him in a way that he had never experienced you know or like he wasn't expecting in the U.S. from a stranger, right? Like, Mm -hmm. who becomes his friend. So he just said, you know, he just saw so many excellent qualities in Linnell that he just felt like that was the perfect name for his daughter. And that one day he'll tell his daughter all about her. And that's Mm -hmm. the case. That is the case of Linnell Barsock. I know a lot of people probably are very, like, shocked right now and thought it was going to go a whole different way. I am speechless. So did I, y'all. Watching the show, I was like, whoa. No way this is, like, actually happening this way. Because, again, can you imagine her friend goes to the the police station? She's crying. She's frantic. Like, she's just like, he did it. I saw him at the top of the stairs. He's scared. She even said that he followed her to the police station in, in in his car, chasing her. Wow. Yes. So physical evidence, her messing up at the scene is what saved Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's just grateful like that he decided not to go home that day. Something must have told him not. Some, something, something like in the spirit had, realm was right. directing him to not go home. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Just, like his guardian angel was definitely guiding him that day. Exactly. Just wild. You know, people can surprise you in so many different ways. And I just think that Linnell did not see this coming. She didn't. If she did, she wouldn't have invited her over to do her hair, right? Like mm-hmm. she would have been more on like edge. And Louis did not know apparently about their like relationship. Oh. He didn't know that that was happening. So. Cause I was wondering like, you said that he went over to Lorraine's boyfriend's house right. to like fix the car or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering like, oh, like what's the dynamic of their relationship no, I don't, like? I don't know. Who even knows if that's really Lorraine's boyfriend? I don't even know. I guess so, but it's like the show talks so little about him. Maybe he said, I don't want my name involved in this, you know, because again, she does end up going to prison for 50 years to life. So he probably is like, I don't want no damn connection to her. Yeah. But yeah, that's the case. It's wild out here. Be careful about people you let into your life. You guys really have to vet them for real. Like people could have the best of intentions or I've been there. I've been love bombed by people where people are just like so nice to you, so Mm -hmm. nice. And they try to blind you in that way. Yeah. You really have to be careful and like, you know, not be blinded by stuff like that. Because look, like she trusted this person. 
She seemed normal enough. And then she does that. Just horrible. So sending, you know, well wishes to Linnell's family and to Louis, who had to also endure this and stuff. Um, I, I hope he's not fighting with his wife now. Like, I hope he, I really do hope yeah. this situation taught him, like, let me, like, I don't know. Let me do better. Let, let me, me do grow. better. Let me you know. not fight. Let me just, like, talk it out or whatever. Because I really do feel like this was his second chance yeah. at life. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing. You got a second chance. You got to make the best out of that second chance. And that's it. So with that being said, we'll be back next week with another new episode of It's the Mystery for Me. Be safe out there, y'all. Bye. Bye.